Hi, I'm Dahlia Rose, and this is Kinky Facts You May Not Have Known. This podcast does contain adult content, and it is not suitable for minors, and it's definitely not safe for work. Listener discretion is advised. There's a good chance you may have been curious enough to look up porn whether it be on a computer, magazines, or even erotic literature. It's a great aid for people who need visual stimuli or even just a little extra spice to get things going. Although there are, as with most things, people who are dead set against pornography of any kind, the porn industry manages to generate 12 to $15 billion in revenue in the United States annually, approximately $2.5 billion of that coming from internet pornography. The industry as a whole generates approximately $97 billion globally per year. Pornography first appeared in the form of cave paintings. Archaeologists have found examples of these paintings with one particular depicting a scene where a woman is being spanked by one of her lovers during a menage a trois. While this might seem like an unusual behavior for our ancient ancestors, researchers have determined this type of human behavior has been around since the dawn of time. However, cave paintings weren't exactly something a person could pack up and take with them. And it's important to remember that our Paleolithic ancestors were nomadic, which meant they most likely needed something they could take with them. This led to what are called Venus statuettes, the most famous of these being the Venus of Willendorf. Venus statuettes were handheld size, usually between 1.2 to 15.7 inches, that's 3 to 40 centimeters, in height, and they were usually carved from soft stones such as limestone, calcite, bone, or ivory, and still others were made from clay, which was then fired. Around 200 Venus statues have been found across Europe, Siberia, and Eurasia. While images of the very beautiful statue of Venus de Milo might instantly come to your mind when hearing of these, the statuettes are carved to look like more robust, voluptuous women with big round bellies, huge and somewhat saggy breasts, as well as thick thighs, and of course, fupas. Statuettes were all the rage at the dawning of man, But, as it tends to do with progress, pornography evolved with mankind. Cave paintings and statuettes evolved into the famous decorative Greek and Roman pottery we see which depicts sexual acts as well as frescoes and murals archaeologists have uncovered over centuries. Ancient Egypt saw what scientists believe is the earliest form of pornographic drawings known as erotic papyrus. Depictions differ depending on the papyrus, from humans performing sexual acts on one another in orgy-like scenes to what appears to be humans watching animals. Historians have discovered papyruses that depict what ancient Egyptians thought sex would look like in the afterlife. 
Some scientists have suggested that these might be satire. However, the Egyptians were a very open society when it came to sex, which is why other scientists, and I'm inclined to agree with them, believe that these are genuine pornography, not based on satire. Pornography went through different stages and evolutions of art throughout the ages. However, published pornography didn't make its debut until 1524, when Marcantonio Ramoni published 16 explicit engravings by Giulio Romano called Imodi. This made way for Pietro Artino to write Sonetti Lustriosis and Regimentarmenti, which are early examples of erotic literature. With the aid of the printing press, these works were available to be printed in batches. However, the works were only available to the wealthy and educated for purchase. Of course, this wasn't exclusive to Italy. The notion of printable pornography made its way around Europe, especially to France where pornography took the form of tableaus, which were also exclusive to the wealthy and educated. Of course, there are erotic works that have been banned throughout history, including Fanny Hill, first published as Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure by John Cleland. The story is written in the form of letters from a woman named Frances Fanny Hill, a rich English woman in her middle age who recounts the scandalous stages of her earlier life, which equates to Fanny becoming a prostitute for wealthy clients after her parents died of smallpox and being a kept woman of a wealthy merchant who cheats on her. The book had Fanny recounting several sexual encounters from sex with a bisexual prostitute, revenge sex, orgies, and the seduction of her fellow prostitutes by different men, one of which is given the nickname of, quote, good-natured dick. While it sounds like an interesting and adventurous read, it might be hard to find. Fanny Hill is one of the most persecuted and banned books in history, with its author being charged with, quote, corrupting the king's subjects. This leads us to the good old Victorian era, which we've discussed many times on Kinky Facts, but we've never discussed any laws pertaining to pornography in the era. The UK enacted the world's first law criminalizing porn the English Obscene Publication Act of 1857 prohibited the sale of obscene material, making it a statutory offense, which gave the courts the power to seize and destroy any offending materials. The law applied to England, Ireland, and Wales. However, it did not apply to Scotland, where the common law still applied. The English Obscene Publication Act led to the American Comstock Act of 1873, which made it illegal to send any, quote, obscene, lewd, and or levicious materials through the mail. It's important to note that although both laws made obscene materials illegal, it was never defined what constituted as obscene. 
Even though there were laws against obscene materials, pornographic magazines made their way into culture in 1880. The first magazines were marketed as art magazines or tributes to naturism and were printed in France. In the 1920s, pornographic magazines began to gain popularity as they were a more affordable option and they were easy to acquire. The concept made its way to the U.S. where comic-type books called Tijuana Bibles were distributed. These were filled with crude drawings that depicted erotic scenes, sometimes involving popular cartoon characters or other icons in culture. In the 1940s, the iconic word pinup was coined to describe pictures from calendars and magazines that were pinned up on walls during World War II by U.S. soldiers, although I'm sure other countries had similar versions of it. Today, these are iconic photos featuring some of the most beautiful women in the world in the 1940s and 50s, such as Marilyn Monroe. However, Marilyn wouldn't stop at being just a pinup model. In the 1950s, Marilyn Monroe was the featured woman in the first edition of a little magazine called Playboy. In fact, it was the magazine's owner, Hugh Hefner, who coined the phrases centerfold and Playboy Playmates. This, of course, inspired other magazines such as Penthouse, Mayfair, and Louis. But it wasn't just magazines for straight men. In the 1950s and 1960, men's health magazines started making their rounds. These were called physique magazines, which usually featured men barely dressed and homoerotic illustrations by George Quintenses and Tom of Finland. And in the 1970s and 1980s, porn magazines marketed towards women were produced, including Filament, Playgirl, and Viva. Most of these iconic magazines are no longer in publication, but that doesn't mean there's a shortage of magazines out there for people who prefer the feel of it or the convenience of not mucking up your browser history. While magazines have been popular for over 140 years, pornographic films were introduced 16 years after the first porno magazine. In 1896, not long after the first moving picture camera was introduced to the world, the first pornographic movie was released. Les Cochets de la Marie was an approximate seven-minute French porno. The plot included a young bride on her wedding night performing a striptease before bathing in preparation for her new husband. Due to the age of the film and deterioration, the full movie cannot be viewed, so it's unknown what the full movie contained, but what little remains seems pretty tame compared to the type of porn we see today. Production of pornographic films continued throughout the early 20th century. While France seemed to produce a good amount of films, other countries such as Argentina and Germany also had their twists on films. In the 1920s, stag films were commercially available for private viewing. There was also the addition of the famous 
peep show booths that went through various incarnations in itself. Peep show booths are still in use today, however, the early version saw a slot for viewing and a handle on the side of the machine where the viewer would literally flip through a succession of cards to make it appear the viewer was seeing a movie. Today's peep shows are a little more wild compared to their 20th century beginnings. In the 1970s, peep shows evolved by including films and live entertainment, which are still an option today. The homemade versions, or amateur porn, began appearing in the early 1980s as the camcorder made recording home videos easier and the ability to record over or delete the footage developed over time, making it something people were willing to try for fun. Magazines and pornographic films were just a stepping stone to what has become probably the most popular, convenient, and affordable way to view pornography. In the 1990s, the introduction of the internet made it possible to connect with people globally just by using your computer. This led to very early forms of internet porn, which started out similar to magazines showing pictures. As the internet grew, so did how people posted and viewed porn on computers. Today, there's many different sites, both free and paid, where you can pretty much find anything you're interested in as long as it's legal. But I do recommend clearing your browser history and maybe running a virus check after doing your research online. So what does the future of porn look like? That depends on what new technology is available. As Damon Brown, author of Playboy's Greatest Cover said, quote, it seems so obvious. If we invent a machine, the first thing we're going to do after making a profit is use it to watch porn. The next big thing in porn might come in the form of virtual reality, VR porn. Experts have projected that VR porn should be a $1 billion business by 2025. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Before we go, here's some statistics on pornography. 28,258 users are watching pornography every second. $3,075.64 is spent on porn every second on the internet. 88% of scenes in porn films contain acts of physical aggression, and 49% contained scenes of verbal aggression. One in five mobile searches are for pornography. 55% of adults 25 and older believe porn is wrong. People ages 13 to 24 believe that not recycling is worse than viewing porn. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once a month. 
56% of divorces involve one party having a, quote, obsessive internet interest in pornography websites. And finally, a 2014 study found that compulsive pornography users had, quote, greater impairments of sexual arousal and erectile difficulties in intimate relationships, but not with sexually explicit materials. And there you have the evolution of pornography. Be sure to check out my social media this week to see what I have in store for you for June. Until then, have a great week. This has been Kinky Facts You May Not Have Known with Dahlia Rose. If you'd like more kinky facts, please feel free to follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Kinky Facts Podcast. That's all one word. To contact me with kinky facts suggestions, please email me at kinkyfactspodcast at gmail.com. If you liked my podcast, please subscribe to be informed of new weekly episodes and reviews are also helpful. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll come back soon.